Good morning, everyone. And we welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion. And thank you all for joining us today. We are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. And thank God for it. So we'll start today with our morning prayer. I'm reading from page 276 of Miscellaneous Writings with, from Mrs. Eddie's East, Loyal Christian Scientist. In the dark hours, wise Christian scientists turned firmer than ever in their allegiance to God. Wisdom is wedded to their love, and their hearts are not troubled. Falsehood is on the wings of the winds, but truth will soar above it. Truth is speaking louder, clearer, and more imperatively than ever. Error is walking to and fro in the earth, trying to be heard above truth, but its voice dies out in the distance. Whosoever proclaims truth loudest becomes the mark for error's shafts. The archers aim at truth's mouthpiece. But a heart loyal to God is patient and strong. Justice waits and is used to waiting, and right wins the everlasting victory. The Lord reigneth. Let the earth rejoice. Mary Baker Eddy. Well, that was more than perfect. (laughs) Thank you. If anything could be more than perfect. Hard to be more than perfect. No, it's hard to be more than perfect, but it was just wonderful. Thank you. All right, our watching point. Is Karen here? Yes. Yes, I am. I'm sorry, I was on mute. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, watch number 110. Watch lest you take the children's meat and give it unto dogs. Mark seven twenty seven. If the children represent the Christ consciousness or the recognition of all mankind as children of God, then the dogs would symbolize the animal nature of mortal man, which is always demanding to be fed, amused, harmonized, and healed. The right application of truth is always to feed the spiritual sense of man, to reestablish the realization and consciousness of oneness with God. Does this mean that it is not legitimate to heal physical sickness? No, but the spiritual should be directed to the spiritual. True treatment should have as its object the feeding of the spiritual nature in man, of his consciousness of himself as a child of God. As this is done, Because of the omnipotent and overflowing nature of truth, the physical sense is fed and healed by the crumbs which fall from the children's table. Jesus' rule is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, to establish man's recognition of his divine heritage and harmony as a child of God. Thereafter, all these things will be added. This means that the human need will be met in the way that will keep the human most out of sight and attention. Thank you. A wonderful watching point. They all are wonderful, but wow. 
<laughs> a wonderful explanation of that story. So comments on that. Yeah. Well, I, I think for me, I, one of the things that stood out for me in this was where it says um, the spiritual, well, where is it now? <laughs> the spiritual has to be directed to the spiritual. And, and that, that was something that was, has been a long time coming, but eventually I'm, I have gotten it much better now, is that to direct uh, the truth, not to a condition or a person, or, but to truth itself, just the recognition that all is God, perfect God and perfect man. And then the truth will take care of whatever seems to be going on. And um, that is such a different way of working than I used to. And I'm so grateful to have, to be there much better in my understanding than I was when I first came here. Thank you. Yes. I mean, this is sort of a basic point, but I didn't get it either. You know, and I still... People who, who, when they want help, they, they send a list of, tree, of of pains and aches. Well, I hurt here and over there. And, mm-hmm. uh, we don't, that's not how you treat. I don't, I don't no. sit there and think, oh, my gosh, this pain in that shoulder has to leave or, or whatever <laughs> it is. That's not treatment. Uh, and even, even when uh, I will tell the person, please, I don't need a, a list of everything that's wrong. Um, you know, you can give it to me generally, but uh, th- that's not what treatment is. What is treatment? <laughs> oh, dear. Well, it's feeding of the spiritual nature in man and the consciousness of himself <laughs> as the child of God. <laughs> that's right. It's what you just said. And something yeah. <laughs> really wonderful is um, Vic Dal Young, his Christian science practice. He goes into where you you just get into, yes, the oneness and allness of God. The eminence, is that what it's called? Or you just so feel that that God is all, there is nothing else. And you don't take people into that treatment. And you don't take aches and pains into that treatment. You don't. They get left at the door because they're not true anyway. And if you try to bring them in there, it's a little crowded and it won't work. (laughs) And there's a duality there. Um, Linda in North Carolina sent me something recently about someone telling her, you know, if you had a jar with beans in it and and one bean was one color and the other bean was another color, those those two beans would not mix, would they? You could shake it, you could do all this kind of thing, but... (laughs) The one bean would stay that one color, and the other bean would stay colored. You couldn't mix it, no matter how hard you tried. And and then she gave a you know a list of Mrs. Eddy speaking about how you can't mingle truth and error. Erring human mind forces can work only evil under whatever name or pretense they are employed. For spirit and matter, good and evil, light and darkness cannot mingle. Mary Baker Eddy. She says that many times in Science and Health. You can't mix truth and error. You can't try to combine it. It will not work. They're exclusive of each other. And ultimately, only the one, the spirit, is all that is real. And so in treating, that is how you treat anything. It doesn't mean you necessarily ignore any certain symptoms or whatever they think the problem is. 
you take that up. You can take that up specifically, but briefly and not dwelling on it. Otherwise, you're giving power to something that does not have power, right? Yes. Yeah. Florence, do you want to say anything more? No, that's, I was just supporting what you're saying. You're giving power, you're making it real. You're making the error real. It's not real. And it's hard to take, you know, when you have pain, it's like, oh, I have this pain. Yeah, but it's still not real, though. The man who went for, what, 38 years or 35 years, it's yeah. only when he recognized that there is, God couldn't create such. It is not true. That's when he had his healing. Thank you. Yes. And this subject, on the subject truth, the mighty power of truth, so, so important and, you know, if you're ever in a situation, and we, I know we all have been, at least I think we all have been, I know I have, where error just seems to be raging. And, and it's almost like you can't think straight. And it could be pain, some physical thing. It could be that you don't have supply and tomorrow you're going to have to pay the bills. It could be maybe a problem with a child or something but it's just can be screaming at you and it seems so black that is when you find that tidbit of truth one little statement god loves you god is all the lord is my shepherd i shall not want some little statement not little it's powerful you think of a whole room filled with darkness that one little beam of sunlight. You take that beam of sunlight and you hold on to it. You declare that truth. You declare it and you declare it even if you don't feel like you believe it and you don't You don't bring into this secret place of the Most High. You don't start thinking, oh, what about tomorrow? Or what's going to happen? Or I'm not going to be able to do something. Or all the list of things that start coming about the future or the past. I've always felt like this. You shut it all up and you take that tiny bit of truth and you hold on to it because your life depends on it. And it probably does. And you will, you will be amazed. And anybody that's ever done it, and believe me, I have many times, you will be amazed what will happen with one tiny little bit of the mighty truth of God Almighty Everything will change. And all your worries and things, it, it's amazing what can happen. All the things you thought were going to happen, and they'll, they'll disappear. They'll go away. But you have to be consistent, and you can't think about how long, Lord, or anything else. You just keep doing it, and the sun will break. And suddenly that room that was filled with darkness will be filled with the light of truth. The, the darkness is not the truth. It's just a fleeting, dark shadow. The mighty power, this truth, one statement of it. That's why, too, people keep saying, well, what else do you want me to work with? Or what other statement of truth? I could give you pages, but we have a whole book on it, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> that, that's, not what, that's not what does it. It's just knowing the one mighty statement and hanging to it and proving it. And you can because it's truth and it is all power and the other is not. 
I think it's remaining consistent, you know, just don't see anything else but that. But, um, you know, when error pounds, it's like you're believing it. It shifts your thinking. So that's... Yes, it, it seems all-powerful. Thank you. All real. This is the only way you've ever been. You've never been any other way. You have nothing to look forward to. It just goes on and on and on with all its lovely thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> and and that isn't true. It will break. Yeah. And, and to get back to the watching point, you know, this is something that we have um, taught that... Healing is a byproduct, and this is what this watching point is saying, isn't it? Healing is a byproduct of seeking God with your whole heart, mind, and soul, addressing the spiritual, addressing what uh, what needs to be addressed in your thought. It's not physical; it is it is healing of your of your thought, getting it aligned with the truth. So it is just a byproduct, and that it's so beautiful. I I don't really remember this watching point. I remember most of them, but the the breadcrumbs, your your the breadcrumbs are you know your body will respond to all this. They get the breadcrumbs, and it will change everything for the better. Can't help but do that. And along, I like also how it says go ahead. the human. It says how the last line. This means that the human need will be met in the way that will keep the human most out of sight and attention. So even when we are when we are healed or when the change, we don't stay there. It's, it's really just a quieted and then we just move on with the truth. But we don't stay with the, the, the oh, the, you know, perfect matter. And, you know, that I means that's, you know, <laughs> that's where we stay. <laughs> right. I like that part. Right. No, and that's another way of saying what it does is it breaks the mesmerism that you were under, believing that the material condition was real in the first place. Yeah. Uh-huh. It does break the mesmerism. And it is a mesmerism. It is. That's all it is. And it comes as suggestion. And this is why what we talk about all the time, watching your thought. Watch, 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 work and pray. The watchfulness is so important because it enters in little here, little there, pretty soon, phew. So we have to stand steadfast, stand porter at the door of thought. And, you know, Kimball writes a lot of good things about this mighty power of, of truth because he had it to me. We have some on the website that one, activity and glorious progress, fearlessly meet the claim. When anything goes wrong, get to work in the realm of thought and fearlessly meet and destroy the claim. Appropriate the blessings with tr- which, which truth has given you. Persistently declare the truth about everything error is lying about. And know that the declaration of the truth breaks the claim as the truth is always positive and effective. And he goes on, but again, it, it's wielding that that spirit of truth, the sword of truth. And then he says, this is, this is good too. I like this, declaring what is true by Kimball. What we are lacking in is intelligence, faith, and confidence. Error will come up and declare that you do not realize the truth. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to say, I don't realize it? <laughs> well, that's helpful, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
it is easy to wind Christian scientists up unless they wake up. Think about it. It's going to come to you and say, well, I don't get it. I don't realize it. I can't do it. Well, the hell you say. And then what is your savior? Is it I'm discouraged? I can't realize the truth. Is it I haven't enough confidence in my treatment? But what is the one being saved going to do? He will declare, I do realize the truth. It shall not return void. It is the word of God, and I cannot be mesmerized to believe I have not confidence in it. That is what the, what the one who is being saved will know. So, again, don't let Era boss you around. If it can't get you one way, it's going to try another way. Well, along those lines, I just wanted to say this This watching point made me remember when I got a dog, uh, you know, maybe like 15 years ago or something. Uh, the person that sold me the dog said, now, dogs are always either training you or you're training the dog. <laughs> Make sure that you're the one training. <laughs> exactly. This is, and this is binding the, the strong man, right? <laughs> And this is watching, watching your thought carefully. And there was something beautiful that um, Mishaela sent me this week. Now, this is how you use the truth, all right? She said, Craig's readings touched me very much, quoting, Whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, end quote. That hit me. I had been angry. Then the story about how Paul and Silas prayed in the prison and many praises and how they were lifted up. The wall fell and all the prisoners were loosed of their bands and even the keeper of the prison was healed and converted. What an amazing story. What an inspiration to be the best without judgment, but always praising God. This will change the world. Being angry doesn't do any good. I was humbled. Now, this is taking the truth that you hear, you see. She took the truth from that lesson on Wednesday night, and she applied it. It's, it spoke to her, and she applied it, and it healed. And... You see, when you see progress in yourself in these ways, it's wonderful. This is the watchfulness. This is, you know, you can think of it as just a small thing. It's not a small thing. Because era is accumulative, it seems to be, if you let it go. She could have stayed angry. She could have been so angry, maybe she wouldn't, wasn't even listening to the readings. But she didn't do that. She took them in and let it change her. She was no longer angry in this situation she was having. Guess what? It, away. it did. It resolved itself. Again, one mighty truth. And this is the process of putting off the old man and putting on the new, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's a day-by-day -day process, step at a time. Yes. But it requires work. It requires an honest desire and an honest day's work. 
And, you know, I, I found I found with myself I, just to slow down, slow down. What, what is our rush? You know, I, I'm so impressed, like we've talked about the, the show, the, the Chosen. Every time they eat, what do they do? You mean they pray? They pray. Thank God. It's a beautiful prayer. They say this beautiful prayer, I think I've told you, Linda found it. You can easily, you can Google anything these days. But they say a beautiful prayer, you know, that Jesus Christ does before he goes to bed at night. He prays. He thanks God. He's in the moment. He's not rushing, you know, shoving your food down and rushing off to the next thing. Slow down. Appreciate you know, we, we were given so much on the um, carousel every day. Dear Jeremy prepares it so lovingly every day. Um, I got, a lot of times I don't feel like I have enough time to read it or look at it, but it is so healing when, when I do. I'm going to try to be more mindful of that, you know, because we're always just rushing to the next thing, to the next liberator, to the next whatever. The word assimilate is in the lesson this week, which I was thinking a lot about. Um, the spiritual sense of truth, this is on 272, Science and Health, must be gained before truth can be understood. This sense is assimilated. And what does assimilate mean? Well, to take it into in yourself and becomes part of you. Yes. 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 Take in and understand fully to bring about a likeness. So the spiritual sense of truth must be gained before truth can be understood. This sense is assimilated only as we are honest, unselfish, loving, and mean. You think you aren't getting it. You think you aren't assimilating or taking it in. Try working on those qualities. How honest are you in all your ways to, to God first, to your brother man, to yourself? How unselfish are you? Are you always just thinking about your own self all the time and your problems and how lousy you feel? How loving a divine sense of love, not a human do-goody, but loving God and man. And then meek, the humbleness of it. Work on those qualities. You'll find yourself assimilating more of this truth. <clears throat> Slow down. Thank God for every good thing. It's always a joy when I talk to Elsie. She's always so darn grateful for everything. Happy as can be. <laughs> She lives by herself, you know, she doesn't complain, happy as can be. And Jim is like that as well. So then in, in the soil of an honest and good heart, the seed must be sown, else it beareth not much fruit, for the swinish element in the human nature uproots it. Remember, please, slow down, assimilate. Take the lessons, 
being given to us day by day from God. This is something I thought that Anne in England sent me. This is an extract from a testimony in the book, A Century of Christian Science Healing. I was living in Hong Kong when the Pacific War broke out, and I was one of about 2,500 Europeans interned by the Japanese Army in 1942. We had a sudden switch from foods we had been eating all our lives to a diet that lacked the food elements that a European is used to. Twice a day, we had a small soup bowl of rice, sometimes combined with chrysanthemum leaves or thin-leafed water spinach. As a result, the camp was continually full of cases of nutritional diseases or wounds that wouldn't heal. But through what knowledge I had of Christian science, I knew enough about scientific prayer that so I was able to overcome the problem of an insufficient and unbalanced diet. Never once during the whole three years and eight months of internment did I suffer any of the symptoms of the various malnutrition diseases or any disease at all. And in spite of the thin diet, I was not weakened, nor did I lose any weight during the period. And we worked very hard every day. James Connell Brown, Dorset, England. There you are. Assimilation. Assimilation of the truth. Taking that truth in and letting it build within yourself. And you'll have all that you need. I'm not recommending a diet of chrysanthemum leaves. But, <laughs> but hey, if you have to, <laughs> see what God can do. All right. It sounds like the three Hebrew boys. Thank you. It does. Yeah, right. Exactly. So take time to assimilate the truth. Slow yourself down and be grateful and happy. I was saying, well, yesterday the um, the daily calendar, one of the one of parts of it was um, Florence's testimony called No Discouragement. And it had so many good things in that. Um, I don't know if she remembers it herself, but she said, you said, Florence, you got these things from an essay by Mrs. Eddy. Maybe it was in the blue book. But one thing, <clears throat> I thought this was a great definition of discouragement. It's that you want to occupy a place you haven't, you have not proven your fitness to fill. Ta-da-ta-ta. <laughs> <laughs> when you're discouraged, you want to occupy a place you haven't proven your fitness to fill. So don't blame everybody else and certainly don't blame God. Think about what you need to learn in this experience. You, you want something you haven't demonstrated yet. So just calm down. And learn what you need to learn. I just thought that was wonderful, Florence. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. And sometimes what you haven't learned is, you know, applying the truth to the physical thing. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about myself. What I used to do. Yes, yes. I mean, yeah. they're all... Go ahead. 
No, I, I, I'll be saying, oh, yes, I know. Of course I know. But, but no, I was really applying the truth to the physical. Mm-hmm. And so I hadn't learned. I hadn't, I, I wasn't fit to occupy the place <clears throat> I was seeking. Yes. And again, when you really are just seeking the truth for the truth's sake, mm-hmm. all, all of this will come to pass. But if you're seeking it for other reasons, even to get well, feel better, then you're focusing on the wrong thing. Keep your focus on God. I I love that um, Bigdal Young's article, Day. Mrs. Eddy did a beautiful one, too. I think we might conclude with that today. But Bigdal Young's article, Day, and one thing he says, when you feel like you have so much to do today, what is the one thing you have to do? Know the truth. Know the truth. Wow. So you think you have a lot to do? All you have to do is know the truth. Whatever it is you are doing. Slow down. Live in the present. Know the truth. Don't worry about tomorrow or what's going to happen in an hour. Be in the present, knowing the truth about whatever situation you were in. Man made you capable of this. It's all you ever have to do. What a relief. But also what a challenge. (laughs) But when you see it work, you definitely always get the time you need. (laughs) Yes, that's right, you do. Well, that's just it. When you focus on what you know is real, when you focus on what you know is true, then you're not wasting your time focusing on the illusion. Right? Let God take care of what the need really is. And he will always. So, I thought we had a very beautiful, um, responsive reading this week. I I love, and this is what we're talking about, um, what we have been talking about. about, um, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. You can actually do that with people, or you can do it with your own stupid thinking, can't you? And you'll be very blessed if you don't, okay? <laughs> and then, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, because you love God. So, in his law, doth he meditate day and night. Again, knowing the truth, day and night, always. Um, in the lesson again, on page four of Science and Health, the habitual struggle to be always good is unceasing prayer. Unceasing, again, having God your meditation day and night. And Mrs. Evans, I always love this. She she said this was the only habit we should have. And that's the habitual struggle to be always good. So you think you have some bad habit? Smoking? Biting your nails? <laughs> Um, I don't know, whatever. 
if your habitual struggle to be as always is to be good, those habits will fall away. Yeah, Janet gave a beautiful testimony of her mother who happened to, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, the, the smoking habit left. It is a habit and it can be aggressive, but it's you're holding on to it. You might think otherwise, but you're holding on to it. So let your habitual have your habitual struggle to be always good. That should be our prayer. <clears throat> so then and then he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he, he doeth shall prosper. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in the Lebanon. And those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Um, Carrie sent me a really beautiful article on this that I'll share some things with you from. It's called He Shall Be Like a Tree by Richard Diener. And it says that the storms help rather than hinder a tree in its perfect root, root development. As the tree is shaken in the wind, even when young, the ground is loosened, the roots grow deeper and grip the earth tighter than even before its full growth is attained. It laughs, shaking its leaves in the face of the tempest <laughs> while glorying in the joy of overcoming if there were no storms in the beginning of its growth, no tree could stand a gale, even though it should seem to be fully developed. So let the storms cause your roots to grow deep and laugh in the face of error. My trees, you know, we all love our trees. Trees are such tremendous examples. And I love the, the palm tree and the cedar tree. And then he goes on, the tree of which the psalmist spoke was planted by the rivers of the water. That is, was planted in deep, rich earth where its every requirement was met. Referring to the glossary in Science and Health on page 585, we find this definition of earth. A sphere, a type of eternity and immortality which are likewise without beginning or end. End of quote. So think about this. Man is rooted in the eternal law of mind, in immortality revealed in his coexistence with the Father, planted in the fertile fields of life, reaching out into principle for his supply of good, with a recognition of the fact that good is to be found nowhere else, man takes deep root in eternal life. Instead of having a mortal and transient sense of life and declares that his delight is in the law of the Lord. So how beautiful we can liken ourselves to these beautiful trees and plant our roots deep, deep. When the storms come, we get better and stronger. I think that's wonderful. I, I don't know whether I knew all that about a tree. Um, 
good to know about a tree because <laughs> it's true of ourselves. And I then thinking about the trees laughing. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, and I always shaking its leaves. <laughs> shaking its leaves. Yeah. And I, I do always say around here, we, we'll get a really bad rainstorm. It'll just pour and pour and pour. And then the next day, the wind blows. And I do feel, I feel, I call it God's hair dryer. Because, and, and in the summer, when the leaves, they just toss to and fro. And everything gets all dried and beautiful. And the puddles all dry up. And I mean, nature is amazing. Mm-hmm. So many lessons. Mm-hmm. I like it to the unity watches, too. Because when, when there's a storm, some trouble. We all get together, and, and we're all stronger for it, and you know, and after it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And you know, that's another thing to slow down and really think about. And and it, it are the unity watches. Um, they have tremendous lessons. Partly, we do it so you become more familiar with watches, prayers, and arguments, and other quotes. Other beautiful quotes, things from the hymnals, whatever, beautiful things to think with, think about. Um, don't just all go through it fast and then toss it out. I, I know many of you don't. I know Elsie keeps hers in a folder and works with all the time. And that's why Nancy's testimony Wednesday of how she used it. And Linda's too, how she used the Tuesday night watch. Get all you can. Glean from it. Assimilate assimilate it and, and you become it and then this this is one of my favorite poems from Mrs. Eddy and we, we've I've had it read it to you before and we did feature it once in the Liberator with a beautiful picture I think maybe by Luann but it's called The Oak on the Mountain Summit it's in miscellaneous writings on page 392 All Mountain Monarch of whose feet I stand, at whose feet I stand, clouds to adorn thy brow, skies clasp thy hand. Nature divine in harmony profound, with peaceful presence hath begirt thee round. And thou majestic oak, from yon high place, guardest thou the earth asleep in night's embrace. And from the lofty summit pouring down thy sheltering shade, her noonday glory's crown. What e'er thy mission, mountain sentinel, to my lone heart thou art a power and spell. To lessen grave of life, of life, that teaches me to love the Hebrew figure of a tree faithful and patient be my life as thine as strong to wrestle with the storms of time as deeply rooted in a soil of love as grandly rising to the heavens above What a beautiful poem. And and again, to think of ourselves like these trees, these dear trees, that means it's beautiful. And to have our life like a a tree, you should study that poem again. These are all things to take in and assimilate and think about. And as you do this, you're meditating on his law day and night with unceasing prayer.
And that keeps you very, very, very happy. So next we come to the story about the sower and the seed. Does anyone want to comment on that? Whoops, I just found another place to assimilate. <laughs> Asking that we may love God will never make us love him, but the longing to be better and holier expressed by daily watchfulness and in striving to assimilate more of the divine character will mold and fashion us anew until we awaken his likeness. Oh my, I didn't even see that before. <laughs> I think about the one thing that stood out to me about the um, sower and the seed, um, and I've used it a lot this week in the, my watches, is that God prepares the soil for the seed. And that may not necessarily always be a pleasant thing <laughs> happening, but it was. it's all about what is going to, um, the, the, the germ of truth is, only going to take root in soil that's been prepared to receive it. And I don't know, that, that, that just stood out to me more this week, and I just was using it knowing that, that God is preparing the soil for the seed all over. I mean, that's what's going on, really. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. That's exactly what is going on. It's like, have I allowed my soil to be prepared? Uh-huh. Yeah. That is the question, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> and how do we do that? If your desire is to just know God, if that's happening, then you are allowing God's goodness to operate. Yes. Preparing the soil. Mm-hmm. Preparation is very important. I was just thinking about how, since there are these different types of soil, you know, I think sometimes with all the the work that's done here, sometimes you're like, I wonder why that didn't take root (laughs) or whatever. But it's not not something we have to be concerned about. We just do our work, just cast the seed out, and and people who get it get it. Somebody will get it later. So. Thank you. That's beautiful. Yes, it is. And it is. it can be of concern, especially I know it's in the practice, you know, you think people are getting it and then, whoops, maybe they're not. So, um, but so also, I think it's the, you know, it, it says, and we've all read here, um, God required the past. And sometimes you just can't leave it alone. You know, you're, you're going with it. You're knowing the truth, but you're not leaving what you should leave behind. Mm-hmm. And how does that, you know, allow the truth to operate in, in helping you to assimilate, <laughs> uh, you know, being at one with God? How does that happen? It can't. Thank you. Yeah, that's certainly one way to prepare the soil is leaving all that past, all that garbage behind. Got to be willing. Willingness is a little child, right? I love that from Mrs. Eddie. To leave the false landmarks. 
enjoy to see them disappear. Thank you. <laughs> enjoy to see them disappear. Sometimes we hang on to it because it's all we think we know. But that's the humility to be willing to let it go if it's God's will. So we, we talked about what is required to let God prepare the soil. Mary read it a few minutes ago. One is to be brutally honest with God and yourself and others. To be unselfish. You can't uh -huh. you, you can't have good soil prepared if it's selfish soil. And then loving. Do you still hold hatred for anyone or anything? And meek. Be willing to let go of every preconceived notion. God can work with that soil. Thank you. That's perfect. That is right. Thank you. <clears throat> Zary, is Zary there? Uh, we lost Jeremy. I'm not sure I can maybe see if you can. we can put you on speaker. Hang on, Zary. Zary and Uta call in from Germany, so. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, it's on speaker. Okay, can you talk now? Okay, yes. I wanted to just add to what um, was said. I, all these things are just so wonderful to hear because this preparatory work is, of course, what uh, is 11. And uh, the other thought that unfolds and brings us to a higher level, but I was also thinking about we have to be like a little child, you know. If we, are, if we let go of the old and we wake up to the new, then of course we're letting go of the debris. And that new being, that childlikeness is the agelessness, and that is the assimilation that takes us even a higher place. Thank you so much. That is so true, this childlikeness. You know, the other day I was spent a, a small amount of time with some a little child, and... Um, you know, you hear all this stuff. I, I know this little child, she's been quarantined from her daycare for two weeks now. You know, they have to wear a mask all day. All, all of this stuff. And I think, oh, dear, 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 dear little children. But this was this little child bothered by anything? She was as happy as a day is long, playing Candyland, playing in the dollhouse, having a happy time. I, I thought, oh, dear Lord, forgive me for even thinking these things. Uh -huh. Children are so resilient. They, they, it just, and we can know this. They will not be affected by all this error. Whatever it is, they'll be like the trees, growing deeper roots, having greater understanding. Affliction is, it can be a good thing for everyone. And it is, as Karen said, this is preparing the soil everywhere. Just having an easy life, which is what we all desire yeah. for everybody, um, doesn't isn't really that's not the objective. This is not the objective in this. So anyway, I was I was so happy to see that, and it was a rebuke to me that I had, you know, was entertaining the all these poor children. My goodness. Um, now. Another article Carrie sent called The Seed and the Soil by McKinsey. He's one of my very favorites. I love him. And he writes about, um, I guess it's 
again, uh, the word might come and the intention be strong to hear and heed it. The blessing of the healing may be experienced and complacently accepted as one of the comforts of life. A place is made for Christian science in the plan of life is in a garden overgrown with weeds. One might make a place for another plant. Of the seed of the parable that says some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. This is the experience of any one of us when we take up Christian science as a remedial convenience and try to make this new aid associate with former beliefs, which are as thorns and thistles in the earth. As Jesus so graphically said, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and lusts of other things entering in choke the word and becometh unfruitful. I thought that was a good explanation Mm -hmm. of this. Oh, we'll just add a little Christian science to my life, a little positive thinking, a little thinking about God. I'll just put it in there, stick it in with all my other flowers and weeds and everything else I have, and then wonder why it it doesn't work. (laughs) So it will be choked. And again, thinking also about preparation, number five in Science and Health, a germ of infinite truth, the least in the kingdom of heaven, is the higher hope on earth. But it will be rejected and reviled until God prepares the soil for the seed. That which, when the seed bears a mortal fruit, enriches mankind only when it is understood. And don't we see that happening? It gets rejected and reviled, but hey, that's okay. God's preparing the soil. It's working. We can trust it. We can trust it. Trust his plan. All right. Can I just interject one for just one second? When you were talking about children, mm-hmm. uh, this pamphlet that came from the church, Praying and Watching to Bless All Children, yes. is wonderful. I absolutely love it. <laughs> so if Thank anybody you. doesn't have it, get it. <laughs> Thank you. There's a, a one you can download from the children's section of the website under prayers. Thank you, Karen, for bringing that up. And that's been the dedicated work of mainly Linda. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is wonderful. And I'm sure that is why our little children are as happy as they are, because this truth yeah. that we're using and working and is is operating and it overrides everything else. Thank you. And now she's working on one on contagion. She's ah, great. Busy oh, thank you, Linda. <laughs> All right, we're going to end on. As Gary is staring at me, <laughs> we have to end. The bell is rung. We're going to end on Mrs. Eddy's article today. It is unnecessary to go anywhere or change anything to find the glories of God. We need only open our eyes to spiritual reality, to the omnipresence of God good, which is always available to us. For every material sacrifice, there is a spiritual blessing. Right desire is the deepest form of prayer. I tell you truth. When I say there is only one source of all good, God, the conscious recognition and acceptance of this fact acknowledged by every activity of the mind, not two or three times a day, but every few moments all day long, no matter what the outer self is doing, 
and this maintained will enable anyone to express his perfect freedom and dominion over all things human. Today is my day, and my world is but a reflection of my own mental attitude. I have the power within myself to reverse any destructive thought entering my mental household. I could not lovingly entertain unwelcome visitors. Therefore, I shall not willingly entertain unwelcome thoughts. Each day I shall weed from my mind all thoughts of doubt, fear, malice, hatred, revenge, petty criticism, or superstition of any nature whatsoever, and shall begin today believing tremendously in the power of a constructive mental attitude. This is the day that the Lord has made. In it I will rejoice and be glad. No man taketh my joy from me. Just for today, I will know that I am God's child under his protection and that no plague can come nigh my dwelling. Just for today, I will know that God is good and that God is love and that he knoweth them that trust him. Just for today, I will know that I have strength to meet and conquer every claim of error and that under the guidance of divine principle, I will be led to throw open the door for the entrance of truth and know through that same door, error is cast forth. Then with a sweet sense of God's nearness, I will know that yesterday has gone and left no bitterness and that today is big with blessings that tomorrow belongs to God. And to realize this today eliminates all worry and pain and trouble and brings us peace and happiness. Mary Baker Eddy. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.